from the birthplace of American music here in Mississippi to the city of music abroad, Jackson native William Garfield Walker is making a name for himself in the classical music world. William began playing cello at the age of 13, and by the time he was 16, he was performing with the Mississippi Symphony Orchestra. Today, he's a conductor living in Vienna, following the footsteps of such great geniuses as Beethoven, Mozart, and Strauss. William, welcome home. Thank you. It's good to see you. Um, you know, it's so funny. I was reading a little bit about your time in Vienna, and you said the number one thing that, that drives you nuts is the food. Well, yeah. Well, okay. So I, I have to say, <laughs> I do like Austrian food. Austrian food's good. I, do, I, I think it's great. I, I love Wiener Schnitzel. Yes. And, you know, other, uh, other Austrian dishes. But it's not fried Wiener Schnitzel, though. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. It is. It's yeah. fried. Oh, it's, it's, good. it's okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but I do miss, um, you know, red beans and rice, for example. Right. And, you know, good Southern food. So, and you can't even get the spices to cook it. No, uh, yeah. unfortunately. So I, I just bring them with me. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. I see. Now you have two suitcases going back. Your clothes yeah. and a bunch of spices. Exactly. You did say though you did find a good Mexican restaurant there. Uh, there is a. a it's good Mexican restaurant, yeah. if you know what I mean. Oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, I understand. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was just worried about you there. I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to start off the show with that. So, yeah, thank you. So now we know that you're eating okay. Yeah. Look, number one, I'm honored that we're sitting here talking to each other. You've had an incredible career so far. You're 26? 27 now. 27. That's of February. You've aged. Happy birthday. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you've done a lot. Yeah. You thank think you. so? Yeah. No, that's a good thing. You started out very early. What at what age did you really start getting interested in music? Um, I I really like as a profession, or yeah, just yeah. I mean just interested in so it. Okay. so interest. So I I became really interested in music maybe in high school. Okay, and then I thought well perhaps I can do this as a profession actually while I was in the middle of my cello degree and, yeah. and bachelor's because you know I I started doing it and I I was very interested in it. I wanted to do it, but I I wasn't quite. I didn't know if I wanted to do that as a profession or if right. I might want to go into something else in the, you know, after my bachelor's. So it wasn't one of those cases where your mom dropped a cello in your crib when you were no. six months old. No, that didn't happen. No, that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. but I will say this, though. Your mom did take you to concerts, and you thought, this is kind of cool. Yeah, exactly. So one of my earliest childhood memories is going to a Halloween concert that the Mississippi Symphony gave. Yeah. Um, I think I was dressed up as Batman or something like that. And now, Are there any pictures? I think there might be a picture somewhere, okay. but I, I, I don't want to show it to anybody. Okay, in case your mom's listening. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, so um, yeah, and going to this concert and listening to the orchestra play, I really enjoyed hearing the orchestra play, and, you know, I, I enjoyed listening to um, the movie soundtracks when watching movies at home, right. and, and um, I went to Casey Elementary School, and we went... To, we took a field trip to Thalia Mara Hall mm -hmm. to hear the Mississippi Symphony Orchestra play. And I really enjoyed um, hearing them play. And I thought, well, wow, I would like to play an instrument or you know, perhaps even wave my arms around in the middle of all of these musicians. It's funny how that worked out. We'll yeah. say this, though. If anybody ever says that arts in the schools don't matter, you are a prime example that they do. Well, I think they're yeah. they're exactly wrong if they right. say that. Right. I mean, not minting words at all. They're completely wrong. Right. Because um, the arts not only does it make um, us better people, whether we go into them professionally or not. Right. It, and and what I mean by better people, is there have been studies on this. Yeah. Um, it's not just me saying this. There have been scientific studies that say that it helps the development of the brain, not just listening to music, but actually, you know, playing an instrument. 
um, it, it, it activates a different side of the brain. In it's fact, like tied into math skills, too. Exactly, yeah. and so then you have also the mathematic component to it, um, how to divide mu the, the bars mm -hmm. and the measures. And, and then also when you just talk about the financial side of it, right. the arts economy has, uh, I can't remember the exact figure of it, but hundreds of billions, I want to say 800 billion or something in last year alone is what, it, what the arts contributed to, to the United States economy. It's, it's really insane. And so to want to cut this out, it's, you know, it's like saying, let's get rid of um, you know, some really important sector of the economy. It's, it's just ludicrous. It's truly like eating your seed corn. Yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Exactly. Um, what, what are people's reaction when they find out you're from Mississippi? Um, well, it, it, normal, it, it depends on where I am. Right. But um, in, in, the, in Europe, to be honest with you, they just say, well, okay, he's from America. They don't really know yeah. the <laughs> different states so well. Um, in, in the North, they say, well, why, uh, why don't you play a jazz instrument or oh, something? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. no. Or why aren't you a, a yeah. writer? But, yeah, it's, it's something, something like that. Yeah. yeah, I always get this whenever I travel around. Like they always want to hear. It's like you have shoes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do, but I don't have to wear them much. Everyone does. It, it really is. We don't have to wear them much though, because it's actually warm in the winter. You know, yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. So you're you're playing. How did you end up picking cello? Because that's a pretty cool story. Well, well, when I when I first um, I, I joined the strings class at my yeah. school, and um, they came and they said, okay, so what instrument do you want to play? And I said, well, I want the biggest one you have. And, why? And, why the biggest one? Well, it just—I was the tall kid, and so I wanted okay. the, the big instrument. You know, when you're when you're a kid like that, you always want you want to do things like that. And so, <laughs> so um, they brought me a violin, which is actually the smallest string yeah. instrument. And I said, no, I don't want that. Take it back. Bring me the biggest one. I didn't know the instrument names and, at the time, and so yeah. they brought me a cello, and that was the largest instrument in the room. We didn't have a double bass, and so. I started playing cello, and of course, I later found out it's not the biggest one, but it's, in, in my opinion, the best one. But you were too invested <laughs> at that point to give it up. Exactly. But your exactly. first your first private teacher was actually a bass. Exactly. So fun, it's funny how that happened. So, yeah. so um, you know, just by happenstance, um, after school, I also played in the in the band at, yeah. at school and played saxophone. Okay. And so I was waiting after school to go home um, after rehearsal, and I saw people coming in with string instruments that. Um, didn't you know they didn't go to my school and so I went up and said what are you doing here and why are you here with these instruments and they the Mississippi Youth Symphony was coming in and so um, for auditions and so I, I went in and I said can I take an audition and I took an ad hoc audition there and they said well you can join you have to get a private teacher and here's a list of private teachers and I ended up um, studying with Richard Brown um, as my private cello teacher um, for the first two years of my private study and then yeah. Also, I was thinking about going to double bass, and then eventually I moved on to Bennett Randman, who was the principal cello of the Mississippi Symphony. Bennett's education, what, what you learned from him, was really more than just learning how to play. He really expanded your whole horizon with cello, didn't he? Uh, he, he did, because his, the, way, the way that he approaches the cello is to you know, take a little bit from many different people, many yeah. of the greatest cellists in history. So. You know, I, I can remember sitting across like we are yeah. now, you know, my cello here, his cello there, and he's saying, okay, William, you have to hold your fingers like this. This is the way Leonard Rose, this is the Leonard Rose school of, of holding it, and the bow, you have to do like this, and it's Pablo Casals and whatnot. And so, you know, so he, that's, those are some of the largest things that I learned from him, and also sound production. 
but we worked a lot on sound production. I think about your career now as, as a conductor, and, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes, because there's so much more to being a conductor than I ever thought when you were telling me a little bit about it. But that kind of was kind of the start of you kind of going into a deeper dive with music, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. It was. Because instead of thinking of it as just, oh, I can play the notes now, um, when, you, you know, there's one thing where you play the notes and where you really are making music, where you're being expressive and playing it. And yeah. so that's what he wanted to get from me. He wanted me to um, be more expressive. When I came to him, I was just kind of raw, you right. know, just, and so he focused it a bit more. So you were at Murrah, the Power APAC program. Exactly. You, you played there. Then you made a big shift that made you leave Jackson. Yeah, so... That was scary. So um, I applied very, very last minute to yeah. the Interlochen Arts Academy. And so I actually began my senior year of high school at Murrah before transferring... Like two weeks to, into it. To about two weeks into it uh, to go to Michigan. And uh, while I was there, I you know, really had an opportunity to focus on music a lot. Yeah. It's, a, it's an arts school after all. And so every day you have orchestra for two hours or two and a half hours. I can't remember exactly. It's been a, a minute. <laughs> and and um, yeah, so I, I, that's where I was really able to focus a little bit more on music right. for the first time. Yeah, you were telling me um, earlier that you literally, the first, con first concert of the day was seven o'clock in the morning. That's uh, kind of rude. Yeah, yeah we, we had rehearsal every, yeah. every day. At well, seven, concert like, rehearsal, yeah. Like seven, seven o'clock in the morning, 7.30, something like that. And, and so, you know, you wake up and you go to rehearsal. Yeah. But it's at the same time really great because you, you know, you are focused on what you want to do from right. the very early hours. Well, that's a nice thing. I mean, but were you taking other classes too? Were you doing? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. So, I mean, so after that, I would go to math class oh, yeah. or to go to science class or something. Well, at some you point, know. you thought you were going to be an engineer, so you had to I be pretty good that. at math. So. Well, I, at one point, I did think about going into engineering. Um, in fact, a lot of a lot of my family and you know friends thought I was going to do that um, in middle school, high yeah. school, also a little bit because I, I was always interested in how things work. Right. And actually, it kind of translates into it, being a conductor because you have to know how everything works, not just how the instruments work, but how the compositional process works. And so it's it's interesting in that way. One thing I love about your career is uh, there's all these little moments where you meet people or you run into people that kind of push you into a different direction. Yeah. I mean, literally, there's a handful of people that that's in moments, and that's why you're sitting here right now. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I think and I think that it's not just with me. It's with everybody. We yeah. meet somebody, and, and we don't know how it's going to affect us until, you know, it does. And right. we, we realize that it does affect us. Well, you were surrounded when you went to the high school. You were surrounded by, with very super talented classmates. That no. kind of made you want to rise to the next level, didn't it? Uh, it, it? It did. I yeah. mean, of course, it always does. Um, you want to not let your colleagues down. You know? Well, so if, you're if you're in high playing, school. Yeah, you don't want anybody embarrassing yeah, you either, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, too. You don't want to be embarrassed. But, it, it, you know, even in high school, you know, with musicians, um, if, you, if you are playing in a string quartet and you're the worst one in the string quartet, <laughs> right. then you're the problem. And everybody's going to let you know that you're a problem, whether you're in high school or you're a professional. I mean, it's, you don't want to let them down in that way. I know how they used to shame us in football. How did they do it? And, and do they make you go sit in a corner? Or how did what they do with you? Well, I mean, it's, it's, just, a, it's just a thing of um, you're, not, you're not meeting the standard. Right. And, you know, it's, it's just um, teasing you a little bit. Well, yeah. you can't play those, you know, those notes or whatever. So it makes you, know? you go back and, and go practice even harder. Yeah, exactly. One of the things, 
you always hear, like Malcolm Gladwell talked about 10,000 hours of practice before you're professional and talked about the Beatles played for 10,000 hours before the 64, you know, their big hit came out in 64. With you, though, I think it's you, you actually do something that's a little bit more important than just practicing. You, you really do what's called perfect practice. I, I try to do as perfect as, as possible because yeah. um, when, you know, you can go and play in the practice room or wherever, for 12 hours and make no improvement at all. Yeah. And so it's it's my goal to, um, you know, even if I have just 20 minutes, to sit down and m get the most out of the 20 minutes that I possibly can and be as focused as possible. Um, a great cellist, um, uh, Mislav Rosipovich, a great Russian cellist of the last century, um, would actually not practice more than 20, uh, two hours a really? day, is what he's what he yeah. said um, in some interviews. and and that was because he was so focused on what he was doing that he was able to that he was able to do it to do to learn to you know be ready for the concerts right so it yeah. sounds like when you go into your practice you pretty much already say okay i'm gonna do this 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 you plan out your practice probably as much as you would doing into a concert well i definitely have a goal that i want yeah. to achieve so right. I, I know okay so i want to be able to play this more clearly or when I'm reading a score I, I know okay I want to do a harmonic analysis of this so that's just basically knowing um, what is happening from a theoretical standpoint in the in the music from and so that's that's my goal yeah. of, of the score study st session and of course um, you take breaks oh yeah yeah you, know, you take a few breaks here and there um, so that your mind can refresh uh, because also that's one thing that some people do that's wrong they just practice and practice and practice and practice with no break and they at some point are not making any more progress even though they're repetitively right. repetitively doing things it's there's there's a little bit of, of scientific way um, of uh, analysis of how practice should go also. but it's the old per, the old saying about insanity doing the same thing over and over again and expecting exactly. different results exactly so sometimes you have to just step away from it you you literally are and this kind of sounds corny but you're almost you're a man of the world but you were traveling even when you were a kid, with with, and you went to Central America, and you, there's a great story with that with that trip. Oh uh, yeah, with the, with the youth orchestra, yeah. with the Mississippi Youth Symphony, I I traveled there. We went on tour to Costa Rica, and we played across a few different cities around the the country from coast to coast, and um, yeah, we played really great music, and it was a great experience. Mm -hmm. But we had a chamber orchestra, so it was small enough that the conductor of our orchestra read everybody's name in the orchestra um, to the public at the yeah. end. It wasn't just the Mississippi Symphony Orchestra. It was, you know, this is John Smith and Mary Doe and, you know, and William Walker. And yeah. when they made it to William Walker, everybody started laughing. And I was trying to figure out, why are you laughing? I, I haven't done anything funny. And right. everybody was in the orchestra was trying to figure it out. So it wasn't just me, even though I was maybe a little self-conscious being a t teenager. And then finally, after the third or fourth city of doing this, um, the tour guide who was with us said, oh, it's because um, you're named after uh, somebody who has a very infamous history with our country. Yeah, a guy from Tennessee that came down and tried to take over the country. Exactly. So they thought you were back. Yeah. They, well, were, they were a little nervous. They're, well. <laughs> they're like, from Mississippi, that's close to Tennessee. It's close to Tennessee. Yeah, yeah that could be bad. Yeah. But, you, but that's, that's been one of the real advantages of what you've been doing. You've been able to travel the world. Oh, well, I, I mean, that's, it's, yeah. that's a real blessing, yeah. to be honest with you. It's something I'm extremely thankful to um, have the opportunity to do. So what you're, what you're getting out of 
you know, high school, how did you pick your college? How did you decide where you're going to continue your career? Um, well, I, I did master classes with a few different teachers at, yeah. at universities. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just because when you go to school, you want to go for the teacher. You don't want to go necessarily for the name. Or for the you, football games. Or for the football games. Right. You, if, if you're going into music, you have to go for the teacher because yeah. you need to go to the, the person that's going to take you, you to the next step of your development. And, um, yeah, so that's how I ended up doing that. Um, I ended up graduating from the Chicago College of Performing Arts, mm -hmm. and um, I ended up finding my teacher this way, not by doing a master class with him first, but mm -hmm. by looking for cellos. I needed to get a new cello, and I'd been searching for a while, and finally I met him, and he had one, and I tried it, and I asked him for a few, le you know, for a lesson, and he invited me to, to um, audition for his class. Wow. And so I, I was accepted, and I ended up studying with a member of the Chicago Symphony, which was for me, you know, you know not look, looking back, it was great for my development. Of course, I knew it at the time also, but also, you know, to meet him in, at first was really great because as a child, I listened to Chicago Symphony recordings, and it was one of my favorite orchestras, one of them. And, and um, yeah, to study with somebody from these recordings was just great. Fabulous. There were moments when you, you, I mean, because you're now in a situation where you get to meet some of your heroes. Do you yeah. just sit there and just go, uh, I mean, you met John Williams. I who, met John Williams, yeah. Obviously created most of the great movie scores in the 20th and early 21st century now. Yeah. What was that like, sitting across from him? Um, well, I've, I met him I met him after a rehearsal at Tanglewood. Yeah. And um, he was very generous to, you know, speak to me a little bit and about... I asked him some questions about how how did he come up with different ideas for movies and for mu movie music and about how how he is as a composer because he does right. he composes outside of the movie music as well, and it, uh, he was it was very interesting, and it's been very interesting meeting other people as well and learning because you know I, I'm I'm still very much in the early stages of my career I'm still learning and trying to grow and so you you just talk to everybody you can and try to learn as much as possible. You. At some point there, you went from being just a cello player, which you still are. You still play. I still play. But you just said, I want to become a conductor. What, yeah. what lit that fire? Well, um, you know, the, the fire, what lit the fire and what, how I began are, are maybe a little two different questions. So mm -hmm. I, I began playing cello, uh, not playing cello, I began to conduct in high school mm -hmm. um, by, by happenstance, um, like most things. Actually, I, I was playing cello in the orchestra, in the conductor's orchestra. You know, if you're a conductor, you have to have an instrument to practice with, and that means an orchestra. And mm -hmm. so the students at, at Interlochen, the conducting students, were conducting the orchestra, and I um, was laughing a little bit, maybe, being a high school kid. And um, the teacher said, okay, you do it. At the very end, he said, now you get up and do it. And um, I got up and did it. And... Um, I made a complete idiot of myself because I had no idea what I was doing. Right. But he did take me into his class, and he gave me an opportunity to learn a little bit from him. But I didn't pursue it seriously until much later. Um, I did take some lessons with Dwight Oltman, who is still a mentor of mine. Mm -hmm. I still call him up and say, well, how do, what, what do you think about this situation and, and the music, or what do you think about this? And you know, I still get advice from him. Um, and But it, it wasn't until I made it to maybe my junior, my junior year of, of um, undergraduate that mm -hmm. I said, okay, I, I need to, I want to try to do a summer 
Institute of, to learn how to conduct. And so, of course, you have to send a video, and I had no conducting video, so I put together a group of, of friends. Yeah. And um, we recorded Wagner's Siegfried Ido. It's, in, it's for mm -hmm. 13 instruments, very beautiful piece. And we, we did a few rehearsals before the recording session. And afterwards, people said, okay, we want to keep this going. We, this was a lot of fun. And it, it, I said, okay, fine, I want to do it too. And so that's how an orchestra was birthed, actually. And that, that's where my, my um, that's, I guess that also lit a fire because you know, now I'm conducting an orchestra um, and doing concerts in, with them. And so that, that was really great. Yeah, you even had to hire your own replacement when you left it. Yeah, that we, was kind of cool. Yeah, we, we, we had a, a search and you know, yeah. passed it off. Talk about conducting a little bit because I think uh, most people were like me, probably learned about conducting from Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Uh, the great, you know, as he's Leopold, they thought he was yeah. Leopold in a long haired hair, Chuck yeah. Jones, 1949. I can tell you the cartoon exactly. But the way you explained it to me, there is a lot more to conducting than just standing there and doing this. Yeah, so uh, it's what when you're standing there and doing this, yeah. and the audience sees that, that is just the very, it's not even the tip of the iceberg, it's the very top of the tip of the iceberg. If, if there's a man standing on top of the iceberg, it's that man, actually. Yeah. Um, so what goes on besides that is, um, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, it's uh, many hours of score study, studying the harmonic analysis of a piece, trying to understand how the composer um, put the piece mm -hmm. together, what he, what he wants to show right. to the audience, what, it, what emotion does he want to give, what... what um, perhaps it's um, he wants to show a scene. He wants to tell a story, like Daphnis and Chloe um, with Ravel, for example. And so it's trying to understand that and doing a lot of reading to try to figure out um, what was going on in the composer's life at the time, right? And what was going on in the world around him. And so, really, there's a lot of academic study that goes into conducting. It's 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 that that you're really trying to figure out the most, and then finally you make it to the rehearsal. That's all before you've even stepped on the podium to make it to the rehearsal to conduct the first rehearsal of the piece. And um, then it's, it's hard work because you're trying to unite 125 people and, into one way of playing. And you know, after that, then you make it to the performance. Right. Of course, yeah. you do a lot of guest conducting too. So you gotta walk in and do all that in a very short amount of time. Yeah, so yeah. The, always the, it, it's the same process with score study, whether you're the main conductor or just a guest or even assistant. Yeah. Uh, but then when you make it to the rehearsal, then it, if you don't know the orchestra, it's, you know, does the you're trying to get the trust of the orchestra. Right. Because, you know, you have highly trained professional musicians and you have to, they have to trust you. As you say, it's like a first date. It's like a first date. And, you know, it's, can I trust this person or not? And then, you know, hopefully they say yes and then, you know, you can continue with the work. And Well, judging by your career, I'd say a lot of people trust you. So that's good. That's working out so pretty well so far. I, I've been very lucky. Yeah. Well, and you talked about when you're trying to get inside the composer's head and what's going on. That's why living in Vienna is really helpful, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you're, like, you joked, you said you could, there was, what, five Beethoven museums? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... Beethoven I, slept here. I also make a, a joke that you, you throw a rock and you, you find a piece of musical history there yeah. because, because um, they have so many different museums, uh, well, places where the composers lived. Right. I mean, you have where... You have Beethoven houses, as you said, maybe yeah. four or five of them. In just Vienna, you have Mozart house, you have 
Um, you know, you go to the Vienna State Opera where Gustav Mahler was the conductor. He was the chief conductor. Mm -hmm. The building is still there and they still perform and this, with the same orchestra that Wagner conducted the premier performances of some of his operas. Oh, wow. And then you have, I mean, it, it's just a rich musical tradition. And so I've, I've been very fortunate not to, just to be there, but to learn from, you know, going to rehearsals of, of these great orchestras that are in the city and going to performances and you know, talking to musicians and just trying to absorb as much as possible. It sounds like for you, education is a lifelong journey. Uh, I, I think for for every musician, it should be. Should be. It yeah. should be. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely on that. You, you know, one thing I like about you, and I've been impressed, is when you came back home and you did the concert for Hurricane Relief. You really do believe in giving back, don't you? I, I do, but, uh, you know, first I want to say that I didn't do that alone. Well, it, I know, it, I know. There yeah. was other people, but you, yeah, you were part of it. I mean, yeah. you, you didn't have to do it. No. So... But that's but you like to do that, and you like to give back to students, and yeah. like to, to do that also. Yeah, that's pretty rewarding. Well, it, it is. Well, that's yeah. that's. I think, I think that being a musician, um, when you're doing it from the right, uh, with the right motives, it is an right. act of giving. Um, you know, you're yeah. not just playing for yourself. I don't think I don't think that that is how it should be. I think you should be giving, you know, joy to the audience or. You know, if it's a, a piece that has anguish in it, you should be giving them anguish. <laughs> give us but, some anguish. But yeah. give, give them some type of emotion, right, you know. Right. You know, you should be react. You should, if they walk away from the performance and they, they think, oh, okay, well, that was it. Let's go get dinner. Then you've you failed. I think that they should walk away and say, oh, well, I really enjoyed that. Or, or even if they walk away and say, well, I didn't agree with how he did this. Yeah. You, you know, I, I think that's also okay. Like, I, I don't want to be neutral. That's my that's my um, thought, and in, in, and so I, I want to give them some type of impression. You know, strangely enough, that's a lot like editorial cartooning. Oh yeah, you don't care if they're mad or not; you just want them to think. Exactly. But you're just trying to move them. What's going on with you now? What's what's what, what are you up to? What are you going to be up to in the near future? Um, well, so I'm I'm uh, still doing some guest conducting. I'm currently writing some music. Also, um, I'm in the middle of writing an opera, actually. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, I'm I'm writing that. That's right. You've written you've written some music too. I've written a few orchestral pieces, yeah. a, a violin piece, and a few a few things. I really appreciate you taking the time to come see us. I know taking a little time away from your mom. I know, and I want to say thank you to her for letting us have some of your yeah. time too. But congratulations and and best of luck with your career. All right. Thank you very much.